Let us go to God in prayer. By the power of the Holy Spirit, open our minds to the word. Your Son, who comes to us as one of us and ascends to the heavens to remain with us. Amen. Our first reading from this morning comes from the book of Ephesians. The first chapter, verses 15 through 23, you can find it on page 1017 of the Bibles in front of you. Listen to what the Spirit has to say to the church. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and, made, and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Our gospel reading for this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 24. Verses 44 through 53, you can find it on page 920 of the Bibles in front of you. Again, listen for what the Spirit has to say to the church. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple. Blessing God, word of the Lord. 
Let us go to God in prayer once more. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. O Lord, our God, our rock, and our salvation. May your spirits move upon us that we may hear what you have to say to each and every one of us today. Amen. I remember as a kid not being able to wait to grow up. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to grow up. Grown-ups could drive. They could buy things. They didn't have to follow all the stupid rules I had to follow. They could always reach the cookies at the top of the shelf. Your priorities are different as a kid. The reality of growing up, of course, has been much less exciting. Sure, I can drive, but I mostly walk these days, and I find long drives to be boring and tedious. Sure, there are less arbitrary rules I have to follow, but there are so many more unspoken rules that I have to navigate through every day. I do get to buy things now, but that has to be tempered with this silly little thing they call financial responsibility. Growing up is not as fun as I'd hoped it would be. In some ways, I am better off than my peers who are stuck in jobs they hate that don't pay enough. By the grace of God, I'm in a career that I enjoy and that I do well in. I'm not forced to live paycheck the paycheck, and yet growing up is not as fun as I thought it would be. Shirley Guthrie, whose book, Christian Doctrine, we've been studying for the past year in our adult Sunday school class, writes that to be a Christian is to grow up. Being a Christian means that we recognize that God does not love us because we are perfect. God loves us because we are called children of God. This is what we call justification. We've been talking about this the last few months. That we are deemed God's children not because we have earned it, but because of God's grace through Jesus Christ. This gives us freedom to not be burdened by our past mistakes, allowing us to mess up, to try again, to grow. It is by God's grace that we are allowed to grow up as Christians. <clears throat> Being a Christian does not mean that we are renewed by the Holy Spirit once and we're good to go. Such an expectation is unreasonable and unbiblical. Being a Christian means that we expect that the Holy Spirit will renew us and shape us time and time again over a period of time to be more Christ-like. This is what we call sanctification. Sanctification refers to the work that God does in us as we grow in Christ. 
It's the process of renewal and re-renewal as we grow up. To be a Christian is to be constantly engaged in the continuing process of justification and sanctification. Being a Christian means that we are engaged in a continuing process of growth as we grow in Christ and are guided by the working of the Holy Spirit. It means being engaged in a process of growth, failure, and renewal. Being a Christian means growing up. Those of you who have grown up, nominally at least, are aware that this is what growing up looks like. You learn from your mistakes, ideally. You grow. You mature. Mostly. <laughs> That's the same process that we as Christians go through. Part of that growth happens in a community of faith. A community of faith feeds us in our growth. It lifts us when we fall. It challenges us to think outside of the way we've always thought. It's why we gather together every week to worship, to share our joys and our concerns, to learn and to pray together. It's why we gather for Bible studies, for meals, and occasionally for lively debates. As an aside, fostering a community of faith in which everyone agrees on issues of politics and theology may seem safe and comfortable, but such a community stifles growth. When we are comfortable, we do not grow. Diversity of opinion and perspective makes for a healthier community. But that's a sermon for another time. Through individual and communal development, we as Christians grow to be better Christians. We grow to be better at following in the footsteps of our risen Lord. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the living Christ among us, we grow closer to Christ and we become more Christ-like. But that doesn't mean that any of us are perfect. We still stumble. We still fall. We still make mistakes every day. Even the best of us mess up. But that process of justification, of sanctification, of growth, and of renewal requires that we stumble and fall. But it also requires that we be honest about our failings before God and before one another, that we may learn and that we may grow. This is part of the reason that we affirm what may be the earliest Christian creed. Jesus is Lord. 
Our proclamation that Jesus is Lord is both the source of our growth as Christians and the result of our continued growth. It's a process that feeds itself. The author of Ephesians proclaims that God's power has raised Jesus from the dead and seated Jesus at God's right hand. Jesus is Lord. He has been placed above the authority and power and dominion, not only of this world, but of the next. Jesus is Lord, who has been made the head of all things. This simple creed is at the root of Christian life and Christian growth. Jesus is Lord, and only through the grace of Christ are we renewed. Jesus is Lord, and only through the grace of Jesus Christ do we grow as Christians. Growth accomplished through the advocate sent by Christ before He ascended. Jesus is Lord, and we can only grow within the context of the church, which is His body. Living a Christian life isn't about never messing up. We all make, we all make mistakes, we all mess up. It's not about being perfect. If anyone tells you they're perfect, they're lying. It's about trusting in the risen Christ and the grace of God to reshape us and to reform us. It's about trusting the risen Christ to pick us up when we fall down. It's about living a life of continuous renewal through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Living a Christian life is about growing up. And those of us who have grown up know that that is a painful process. To those of you still in the process of growing up, it's a painful process. You will make mistakes. You will mess up. You will fall down. You will. You will. That's okay. That's part of growing up. But so is getting back up. Those of you who are still growing up, you have a community of faith and a community of love who is there to pick you up. Whether you're here or you've gone off to college or wherever else you go. So those of us who have, and I quote, grown up. You still have this community of faith to lift you up when you fall. To help you to renew yourself. A community of faith empowered by the Holy Spirit and by the risen Christ. That's what the Christian life is about. It's about growing up. It's about becoming, through trial and error, who God is calling us to be. 
Thanks be to God for that.